0: And I invite you to open up your Bibles with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. I finally came up, we're two months in now, I fi- finally came up with a title for our sermon series on the Gospel of Matthew. It's not especially clever, but I think it's good, and it captures the essence of the book and what I'm hoping this series accomplishes in our lives. I'm going to call this series, Following Jesus. Following Jesus following Jesus. The Gospel of Matthew is a theological biography of the Lord Jesus Christ, which invites us to follow him by faith in all of our lives and invites others to follow him too. Following Jesus was the title of our last message in this series when we studied the end of chapter 4 here. The Lord Jesus began his public ministry preaching, repent, turn around, Do a U-turn, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And he began calling disciples to follow him. What's our hide the word verse? We said it already this morning. Jesus said, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. That's chapter 4, verse 19. You've got it. Jesus is calling us to follow him with our lives. And He's calling us to invite others to follow Him as well. That's our mission. Matthew's Gospel ends with what we call the Great Commission. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make what? Followers, right? Disciples. That's what a follower is. Disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them... To obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That's the point of the book of Matthew, introducing us to who Jesus is, the most compelling person ever, and calling us to follow him and invite others to follow him too. So that's our title of our series Following Jesus. But what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does Jesus want from his followers? What does that look like? How should we live if we belong to Jesus? Well, that brings us right up to chapter 5 and what has often been called Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 are the first and foremost of the five major blocks of Jesus' teaching in the Gospel of Matthew. Maryland has the first two verses printed on the front of your bulletin. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, He went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples, followers, came to Him and He began to teach them, saying... And then there are three full chapters of Jesus teaching them. Jesus was a master teacher. There was never a greater teacher than our Lord Jesus. And this was perhaps His greatest single teaching... When he sat down and gave us this sermon, he gave us the best sermon ever. We're going to take several weeks, a couple months at least, to unpack it piece by piece. It's rich and powerful and radical and challenging. You know this stuff. You know the Sermon on the Mount. If I were to start quoting it to you, you'd be able to fill in a lot of the blanks. Maybe not every verse. But this is some of the most familiar and favorite passages of Holy Scripture. And we're going to study all of them in depth. And it's really going to challenge us. I mean, some of this stuff that Jesus lays on us is hard to do. For example, love your enemies. That might be the hardest one right there. This morning, I'm going to read the whole thing to you. The whole thing. It won't take very long. I'm not going to stop and explain any of it. We'll do that over the next several weeks. Today I'm just going to read it to you. It struck me this week that Jesus delivered the whole thing at one time. And it's really not that long in Matthew's version. It's about the same number of words as one of my sermons on a Sunday morning. And who better to preach the sermon this morning than our Lord Jesus Himself? This morning I want to emphasize that this is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. These are His words. And if we have a problem with them, then we have a problem with Jesus. These words come with all of His authority. Think about this. When Jesus gave that great commission and He said, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, He was talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Among other things, of course. But this is what He commanded His disciples when He gathered them. And to be His disciples, we need to receive this teaching. At this point in His ministry, Jesus was a rock star. There were big crowds following Him wherever He went. And verse 1 says, when He saw these crowds, He went up on a mountainside. Does that remind you of anybody? Is there anybody that gave a major teaching on a mountainside? These are the exact same words used of Moses in Exodus 19, Exodus 24, Exodus 34. I think that's on purpose. Matthew's drawing the the connections for us. He's acting like a new Moses. Jesus is like a new Moses. Not just giving a new law, a new Torah, a new teaching, but being a rescuer and a redeemer. Moses led them out of Egypt. So now we have a new and greater Moses. And he sits down. That's the position of authority in this culture i stand up here to preach but in that culture when you had the authority you sat down and then taught with that authority and notice that out of the crowd jesus calls his disciples closer and he delivers this teaching straight to them others are listening there's crowds out there but he's got the disciples close in and he's talking to them about being his disciples so he's going to talk about discipleship he's going to talk about the kingdom of heaven his favorite topic Remember, he's just said the kingdom of heaven is near. He's going to talk about righteousness, about eternity, about fulfillment of the promises, and about how to live and how to pray. And he's going to disagree with the religious leaders of the day. And he's going to speak with unparalleled authority. This is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. You're going to hear a lot of things as I read this to you, but I want you at least to hear this. Listen to who Jesus says He is and how He says it. Listen to how Jesus-y the Sermon on the Mount is. Sometimes when we read it, we don't hear Jesus, okay? But this is Jesus saying it. There's so much I and me and mine as He owns these words. These words, this sermon is Jesus' sermon, and He is the Lord. So it's important that we listen. Are you ready? Let's pray and then dive in to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You for giving us Your Word. Thank You for the Gospel of Matthew. This book we are studying that tells us who Jesus is and what Jesus wants. We want to be followers of Him. And we want to hear His voice preaching this Sermon, giving us this teaching, telling us how things are. Lord, help us to cut out all the distractions, to not listen to the world, and to just focus on listening to Your Son. We pray it in His name. Amen. You can follow along in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, or... This will be a Sunday I give you permission to even close your Bible and just listen. His original audience didn't have Bibles in front of them. They just listened to him deliver. So either way is fine with me. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed! your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, That anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Racha, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, You fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you've paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness, causes her to become an adulteress. And anyone who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you've heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all except by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is His footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great King. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. And sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore. As your heavenly Father is perfect. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do, in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so your giving may be in secret. then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, don't look somber, as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they're fasting. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, oh, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye, you hypocrite? First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give to dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet. And then turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Or if you, then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Hmm. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in Your name and in Your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew You. Away from me, You evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Amen? Jesus is Lord. And this is His Word for us today.